Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. From the team that brought you the award-winning show Retro Replay and the Emmy-nominated comedy series Con Man comes a new idea just crazy enough to be good. Introducing Couch Soup. I know, I know, you're probably wondering, what is Couch Soup? Well, Couch Soup is content for your hungry nerd soul. Daily articles from fans, not pundits. Weekly podcasts that contain a multiverse of opinions on all things pop culture. Exclusive videos and weekly live streams where we laugh, scream, and sometimes have technical difficulties. All created by folks like you, the gamers, the film nerds, the TV bingers, comic book lovers, bookworms, and pop culture enthusiasts, all in one giant bowl of beautiful, disgusting, soupy goodness at CouchSoup.com. Here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Screen Smash, Kautsoup's number one and only video game podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about some cool stuff. We're going to be talking about video game content creators, where it all started, and the ones that we love, as well as their impact on the industry as a whole. We're then going to slyly segue our way into talking about games that break the fourth wall and how games kind of inherently break the fourth wall. And there's a lot to get into there. So, We'll get into that. But before we get into all of that, thank you so much for watching this video and choosing CouchSoup today. Uh, make sure you join us for Screen Smash. We live stream our recordings on Twitch at 8 p.m. Central on Monday nights. And then we have the edited version of the podcast on our YouTube channel over on CouchSoup, which is at 2 p.m. on Fridays, Central Time. Uh, time zones, weird. Central Time, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Make sure you join us over there for the premiere at that time on YouTube because we're always having some fun in the live chats. Uh, but before we dive into today's episode, let's introduce the cast. So with us today, we have Louis Reza. Louis God! There he is. Know. That was my, that was my street have... fighter sound effect. <laughs> Why was I not surprised? <laughs> <laughs> That's his kick. We have, uh, we have Mr. Jake Brown. What up? Not, not enough noises from my end, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and the one and only Dan Morris. I'm not hosting. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> because today, it's me. I'm taking over. Dan is... is he's, Hit the he's, he's, he's been He's been fired or demoted. <laughs> he's been working hard on <laughs> So today, on I'm going to be your Absolutely. host. My name is Nick McKay. And uh, let's dive straight into our first topic, guys. We're going to be talking about our favorite gaming content creators, and why that really, really works. So to get the ball rolling here and kind of start it out, um, I think that this sort of concept of, of video game content creators works really well for like a lot of reasons. But a reason that I, I think I resonate with it is like I used to watch so my uncle uh, play video games. He's always, he's, he's like only three and a half years older than me. 
So he's always been like my bigger brother. But I used to sit back and watch him play video games all the time. And that kind of reminds me, and I think it resonates with me to sort of watch someone play a video game because it sort of reminds me of that time. And it's, I think it's a concept that works really well for the medium because you can kind of enjoy the experience of the game without actually playing it you know and there's uh there's creators that are able to 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 find this like really really cool way to also bring more entertainment to it you know like i think about like where i, I don't want to say like the pioneer of it but certainly someone who popularized it was pewdiepie he's like the you know like the god of youtube he's like the most subscribed to i don't know if he's the most subscribed to anymore like as a solo he, he was creator he was yeah, for not, not quite anymore. a bit i don't know if he still is i think markiplier surpassed him a while ago yeah, I Actually. think he's kind of dropped off. I think Mr. Beast is also up there. But anyways, yeah. PewDiePie yeah. was like that. Uh, he was like that first guy that popularized the sort of let's play uh, genre of games or he would just play through a game and you would just watch him do that. Like I remember he started with those amnesia games and it was always hilarious to see his like over-exaggerated like reactions to jump scares and stuff. But I think that, that's why the medium works really well for me because you can kind of, it reminds me of like watching my brother play games and you can kind of, be entertained by the game but also by the creator as well so i don't know I, I mean how do you guys feel about gaming content creation and do you like it and why do you think it works i was, I was gonna say like yes and no because like i'm a type of person like I, i'd rather be hands-on i'd rather play you know what i mean so like so if a game like spider-man 2 came out like am i gonna watch somebody play it or like no man like i'm getting into this i'm playing it myself but like i i can definitely understand for people who like may not own a system or may not have the money to like own a game and they're like all right let me since i can't play it let me check it out through somebody else's you know gameplay um now there's there's definitely some channels though there's been like one or two i've seen throughout the years which i kind of liked um one that stood out in particular was uh, there's a group of wrestlers, um, Xavier Woods host Up Up Down Down. It's a it's a YouTube gaming slash, I guess talk show. It's kind of they just play games and talk, but it's it's so funny seeing. But we do. I mean, essentially, but it, it, it's like it, <laughs> I can't explain it. It's just it's it's craziness. I mean, I know we're pretty crazy here too, but it's cool because it's like he he takes his gaming setup around the world essentially. And he'll hang out in the back with other wrestlers that you see on TV, like all these serious people you'd see on TV. It's cool to kind of see that other side to them. And like they just goof off and play some like Mortal Kombat or some like Gang Beast or something. And I think it's really cool to kind of like see the the personalities of some of these people, like seeing like a like a Randy Orton. You're like, oh, I didn't know he was that goofy or blah, blah, blah. Um I don't know. I, I just I, I enjoy it. Like I, I enjoy it. I I like seeing how games. I, I go there for their personalities and see them, but I end up leaving sometimes with like, oh, that game is actually kind of cool that they played. Like I think that was how I was introduced maybe to like um, I don't know if it was Limbo, mm. some type of horror game. I can't remember, but like I was definitely introduced to a few different games from content creators. So I mean, I guess that's, that's pretty much where I stand on that. It's, it's a weird thing is like jake i i'm one of those people that's more like i remember when let's plays became a thing back in the day in the earlier days of let's uh youtube and i remember thinking like why would somebody watch somebody play a video game rather than play the video game you're watching someone play call of duty and talk about it pewdiepie and then it's like a year or two later i was like oh i gotta get in on this because it's hot and it's what everyone's doing you know it's the big popular thing 
Uh, I don't have a lot of content creators that I can specifically say that I watch a lot. There are a few that I can mention and will. It's just the like, when you become a content creator, it becomes difficult to watch other content creators. I'm so busy creating content. I will look to other content creators for ideas a lot. And there's actually um, some of my favorites go back to some of the earliest videos I've watched were from GameSpot. Actually, they did a series on their channel called Resident Knievel, where <laughs> nice, <laughs> yeah, Resident Knievel. It was uh, Mary Kish and Mike Mahardy did a Let's Play series of the Re Resident Evil games because it was back when um, I want to say it was right around the time that uh, Resident Evil five or six was coming out. I forget which one. And they were like, hey, we're going to have Mary play Resident Evil because she's never played the games before. And Mike was a diehard Resident Evil fan. So they set up some cameras. Mary started playing. And Mike was like the expert to guide her. And for me as a Resident Evil fan, I was fascinated to watch this series of the newbie playing one of my favorite games while she's being guided by an expert like myself. <laughs> And I just enjoyed watching the process of how she took things in, how she learned how to play. And he was very like hands off. He kind of let try to let her figure things out before he stepped in. Uh, but I watched a good chunk of that series. And I always enjoyed it. I actually have emulated that series numerous times. Like, if you know, I've made Brandy play Resident Evil in a very similar <laughs> style. I was like, I want to do that. I'm going to make someone play Resident Evil. And... Uh, then the other channel that I can shout out is called RKG, which is a group of uh, British gentlemen that started this channel. They're ex-IGN UK employees. They started a series on IGN called Prepare to Try, where it was one of the guys was playing Dark Souls, and the two other guys were his mates that just kind of watched and haggled, or haggled and mocked and just like <coughs> it made fun of him essentially, but kind of sort of helped him. Uh, and it was a really entertaining setup and they still do it to this day. They're doing the exact same thing on their channel now where it's the one guy plays while the other two just kind of commentate. And I find those guys really entertaining. Well, I know Louis has a lot, so be prepared. Well, all right. Let's go. Everybody, put her down, wait. everybody. <laughs> I'm going to wait on this. And... All right. So, uh... <laughs> well, I mean, like, like for me, the content creation aspect of it, like there's there's always a lot that you can get into with it. Uh, it depends. I, I'm very particular with, uh, like, the deep dives. That That's my favorite thing. I love Ooh. when people really start to pull things apart. I also love when mm -hmm. people start to like uh, get into more history kind of angles. Like right now, I've been listening to a lot of Scott the Waz. I love Scott the Waz. He's so freaking hilarious. Coins are back, bitches. I feel like like he's a certain manifestation of one of my um, niches for comedy. So whenever I see him, I, I get these little dopamine rushes. I'm like, I love that joke. And then, uh, <clears throat> you know, obviously, like my, my favorite of all time is uh, easily is um, uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf. That guy, like every video that he does, I, I completely fall in love with. He, he's my favorite content creator of all time. Excuse me. He, he's uh, and, and he does a few things for video games. His deep dive into um, Silent Hill 2 is incredible. And, and also his Final Fantasy 7, the original. <clears throat> he hasn't done the remake one yet, and I'm still waiting on him. And I kind of, if I ever meet him, I'll be like, give me my Final Fantasy remake. Because <laughs> I'm so 
I, I, I agreed so hard with what he said about Final Fantasy VII. I want to see if, if like the things that he didn't like about remake are exactly what I think. But either way, um, and even then, I, I sent that to Dan, and Dan was like, "Well, now I got to play seven. So <laughs> I did watch I, the Sniper Eye Patch World Final Fantasy VII video after you told me about it, and then then it's like, okay, now I'm trying to play through these games because I never properly understood them until after that. Oh, they they were so good, and again, like he picks it apart so perfectly, and um, <clears throat> then you got people like uh, like well, you know, uh, shout out to Shanna, she loves this guy too. Um, the story mode, which is if you don't know who Internet Historian is, uh, he's he's a massively popular uh, YouTuber, but he does a lot of like actual events that really happen and just makes them hilarious. But he has another channel called Story Mode where he uh. He puts the um, <clears throat> like it's just, it's just like, this is one of the only let's play kind of things. It's not even really that they just get footage and they just talk about the the actual story mode about the whole the whole games, and I I love them. I love them. They pick them apart really well. Uh, it's just fun. It, it's mindless. It doesn't do anything. And on that note, there's another guy mm-hmm. totally pointless mm-hmm. who uh, has a lot. He used to do a lot of martial arts stuff, but now he's kind of focused on the video game stuff, and he does the entirety. Uh, Maria should watch it of the um, God. What is it called again? Uh, Postal. He does all the Postal mm-hmm. games. He, dive, he dives into them and like he, uh, it's so good. It's like a three hour long thing, and I've seen it twice. It is so good. Uh, God, man, there, there, there's 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 a few. There's a few, and I, I really like the, like a lot of the people that get into the horror aspect too. Um, J- Jacob Geller. Is another big one for me. Uh, he 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 does a lot of horror stuff, and, but he does the best the best breakdown for um, Metal Gear Revengeance. I've seen yeah. it twelve times. It's so good, <laughs> and it's hilarious. <laughs> like man, I I love when people just talk about the games. Like I don't I don't need to watch you play the game. In fact, a lot of the time I don't I don't watch people playing. I want to see what they thought about it after I played it. I won't even watch girlfriend reviews, which is another one I love massively, until after I played the game, just for fear of any kind of spoilers, which they don't. They don't spoil um, at all, really. But just in case, like I didn't know this character comes out, and uh, I, I don't know. Like there, there's always a fine line. Like I don't even watch the previews. People know that. So when I see content creation being done like that, and now and it's inspiring me too. I want to see what I could do to get my my toes wet doing something along those lines and i I wanted to to um really do something for people that they don't have to fear uh learning too much or getting too much to come away from it because that's what i look for personally like is this game worth the buy but don't tell me yeah because when you get to the end and everybody dies like what the the fuck are you doing man like come on you know let's 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 do this the right way and so i i have a lot of a lot of love in my heart for the content creators that really dive deep into those kinds of things and um yeah any of the guys that i just said please go and watch them they're all amazing mm-hmm. amazing content creators and they they just they're so good they are so good anyway yeah it's an interesting point to, to 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 make though about like that sort of content because like as soon as you said that like a deep dive into things you know after you've finished the game like i finished returnal and returnal's got one of the most vague and ambiguous stories like you can you can basically like the four of us could play it and the four of us could have three completely different theories on what the story actually means so i i remember i watched this it was like a 
35 minute long sort of deep dive into the story of Returnal. And this guy said like, this is what he believes is, is the story of Returnal. He has all the little pieces of evidence that back up his theory. And it was so interesting going into his thing. And I, and I was like, wow, this is it. This is the, this is the story. Like my theory was not right. And right at the end of the video, he's like, yeah, but all of this could be wrong because of how the game is set up. The game is set up to kind of make your own story out of it. And it was so cool to have this whole deep dive into the story but also it was like open-ended to kind of open it up to you, the audience to say like, what did, you know, what was your interpretation of it? And that's actually like, that's a really cool type of content to say like, let's deep dive into this and talk about everything that encompasses it because video games have massive amounts of stuff that go into their world. So that's really cool. I'm happy for that one. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good choice. So like I'm actually really happy Louie like brought that up because like when I thought of like content creators, like I think let's play it. That's what comes to my mind. But like mm-hmm. I didn't even think about like deep dives, dude. Mm-hmm. Man, like the amount of deep dive stuff that I see like daily, even through like YouTube shorts, like I, I go down such a rabbit hole of lore of like games like Assassin's Creed, Gears of War, Metal Gear Solid, which I'm like I'm, I've been seeing a lot of Metal Gear Solid stuff recently. Um like I, I just I love the dedication and work people have who get all their knowledge all together into this one giant freaking hour, two hour videos and like these shorts. I, I just mm. if I could do it I would, but I, I feel like it would just never stop. I don't think I have the bandwidth yeah. to do it. I know like uh Louie and I to his credit, we've talked about trying to make deep dive content before and we've we've thought about like, yeah, let's do it. Let's make it happen. But it's a daunting undertaking to do all that research and put it together and script it and get the footage. Yeah. Like I can't imagine how much work that is ultimately in like we've done smaller projects that have a little bit of that. And yeah, it's, I, I want to do it. I would love to go hard on some of the things I'm most passionate about, but it's one of those things where it's like you, you got to have the time to put the passion into it and just yeah. put, work, put that all but, together. Yeah. Like that that's one of the things that that's why I like bringing up somebody like super eye patch wolf. He's very candid about a lot of the stuff that he does. And he, t- he tells you a lot of what the process is. If you watch a lot of his videos, <clears throat> this guy will start planning it out months ago, writes the script for another month, puts the video together for another month, and then puts that out this next month. So he only does one video a month, but those videos are worth it. And sometimes they're three hours long, sometimes they're 30 minutes long, but you're always going to get the exact kind of mm-hmm. content that you expect from somebody mm-hmm. like that. And sometimes, he'll, like, you know, I'm in his Discord. And he's always apologizing if it's going to take an extra week or so. And I'm just like, dude, what, like, it's like Kojima. Like, I need another year. Yeah, you <laughs> got it. I don't even care. Like, I, because I, I, I know that the product is going to be worth it. And you know, like we we don't have that kind of time right now, maybe. <laughs> but um, I think that you know, like like with with a few of us, that should be something that we can eventually look into. There, there was another one I wanted to point out: this power pack. And he he rose to like incredible popularity with his uh, my house, um, the Doom. Engine. Oh, the Doom mod, right? Yeah, yeah. I just I kept seeing his thing pop up in my in my YouTube, and I'm like, oh, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then finally one day, I'm just like, all right. The algorithm usually gets it right, so I clicked on it. And this guy is amazing. And uh, that's the first video that I saw because it was so popular. He's I'm looking at it right now. It's 9.6 million views and you know like that that was that was just great and, and that's bad because he only has two hundred and twenty nine thousand subscribers but guys come on man like, <laughs> right. 
was so good. And I and I I fell in love with him and I started watching all of his stuff. And he's got incredible, incredible um content. Like like it, it and it's just deep dive. You know, I know a lot about scripts and stuff like that, but I don't think that I know half as much as what these guys know. There, there's there's a lot of that kind of stuff out there. And I, I love feeling smarter for having watched what somebody interpreted out of this uh, this whole thing. But yeah, mm. I don't, it, it's a dopamine rush for sure. Absolutely. Especially when you hear that your thing, it's not just well-liked, but also you're smart for it. Like, yeah, cool. I get why <laughs> Rick and Morty fans are I, like that. <laughs> yeah. I 100% have all the respect in the world for those people. Like, those guys deserve their flowers. Man, like, because I, I, I feel like I would be in my own way of doing something like that. Because I would be like, all right, I'm going to release this video. But then I would, like, I would doubt myself and probably think, like, do I really know what I'm talking about? Is this right? I don't know. I don't want to put this out there. And there's, you know, those YouTube comments actually, uh, he weighs 234 pounds and where's his bandana oh. sideways. Yeah, no, I've definitely <laughs> seen some of even my favorite content creators, like they get it wrong, at least in my opinion. Uh, and I'm like, you know, I'm just sitting in the back of my mind, just going, this is dumb. This is dumb. I'm, I'm trying to refrain from the comment section and, but man, but when you get videos like two or three hours long, like you, you can have it, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've earned it. You've you freaking earned it, man. Like I, I think another issue I would have is like it would never be done because I would always be like, oh wait, one more thing. Oh wait, no, hold on, I need to go back and talk about this thing. Oh my god, no, I have to redo everything now. I mean, you're gonna have to kill your darlings eventually. <laughs> Not everything's yeah. gonna make it off of the cutting room floor. Well, I wanted to uh, I wanted to just shout out some things before we move on to our next topic. Um, just the the channels that I love watching. There's a there's a channel that I, I just I have to mention because I love them so much. Uh, unfortunately, they don't do stuff anymore. But it's a channel called Super Best Friends Play. Uh, it's like it's it's this like group of creators from uh, from Canada, and uh, I watched them like way back in. I think they started in like 2011, 2012 or so. And I started watching them in 2013. I absolutely love these guys. Um, so it's the the two main guys are Matt and Pat. And then they've got a third guy that's on like occasionally his name is Wooly. And they just play through like anything you can think of, like any game. And they've got like a lot of cool interests. And then they have a lot of cool series where they'll do, they call it the shitstorm. Um, I think it's the shitstorm, which is like just scary, scary, scary games. But everyone's got like a different subtitle to it. So like season one was called the shitting. <laughs> and I can't, I can't remember what the next seasons were called right now, but like it's so great. And they had uh, Super Best Friends Brawl, which is where they'd play like multiplayer games against each other, like the three of them. And then like the winner obviously won that brawl. They played like Smash Bros and Mario Kart and like mm. Mario Party, which if you're going to go check out Super Best Friends uh, play, go and watch their brawl where they play Mario Party because it's one of the funniest fucking things I've ever seen. It is so good and they actually broke up in 2019 it broke my heart but oh, uh, yeah really really cool channel go and check them out because it's still all their stuff still on youtube but i just wanted to shout them out because i love them they were really, really familiar. familiar i, I, I feel like i've seen a video or two before they were on machinima is machinima even still around oh do they do things it, it is it's just not what it used to be that, that might have been where i've seen them it's not, it's not called machinima anymore because there was a like that really really bad sector that makes me think of like Team Four Star was a channel I used to watch a lot, but that mm -hmm. wasn't like a video game specific channel. They made the Dragon Ball a bridge series, mm -hmm. which I used to love. 
And then they also went on to do yeah. some video game stuff where it was like the 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 people in Team Four Star who voiced the Dragon Ball characters would do these parodies <laughs> of Dragon Ball characters playing video games. And one of my favorite yeah. ones was uh, Vegeta makes Krillin play scary games. <laughs> <laughs> this is Vegeta so like forcing <laughs> Krillin to sit down in front of a game and force him to play it. I think the first one they did was like Slender Man, and it's just the dude who does the imitation Krillin, like, oh, oh, I guess this is okay. I'm going to go over here. They just, he just gets scared constantly. And then Vegeta right. would be like, you're going to sit out. You can play the game. <laughs> you guys ever seen a really weak earthling? You ever see the Honest Game trailers before? Oh, I love those. Oh, yeah. my God. Dude, those are yeah. so good. Yeah, I can go down a rabbit hole and watch those for hours. How accurate Dude, those are. We, we had, we, we were discussing this. I think it was the Childhood Games episode where I think Alex, I think it was Alex who said, uh, I must go watch the Half-Life 3 Honest Game trailer because mm -hmm. I'd never seen it before. I watched it and it's so hilarious. I, I, did, I have it was brought like it up the before. cast and everyone to expect that's in the in the thing and it was just like <laughs> mm -hmm. it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger okay. and like all these people it's so good <laughs> but did you read the comment section no I don't think so oh man you missed no half I may of it. have I don't know I need to go you check missed that out half of it if you didn't read the comment section because like I, I love uh I just went to check out what people were saying and one of them was uh the first one that I saw was like my favorite part was when the Ninja Turtles run into Batman and they yes, have to save the fucking gauntlet yeah. from him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. I did read stuff like that. Yeah. And helped out Superman <laughs> yeah. to to knock out the the T Rex made out of gold. And like, <laughs> that was so good. That was so oh, good. Man. Anyway, so moving on that note, moving on to our next topic, we're going to talk about the effect that uh, con gaming content creators have on the video game industry. So obviously, speaking of Slenderman, uh, that you mentioned it there, the indie horror game scene has definitely been helped out by gaming content creators for like massive, like most of the time that that gaming content creation has been a thing. I mean, Slender is only kind of a thing because of you know some big content creators playing Slender, Internet and that's how kind of culture and stuff. Yeah, it just became like this wild meme kind of thing because of people playing the game and posting the videos of their scares online. Um, I think that's quite a positive effect that it has on the industry is it can help popularize indie games and smaller games that you may never have heard of, you may never play. Um, so it's, it's like this new wave of marketing for video games. You see a ton mm. of creators, they get like a game code and they start playing it before the game's even released which is like really cool. It's a nice way to market things. I think also a huge impact on the industry has been like the games as a service games. So like Fortnite and Call of Duty and Apex Legends. I mean, these these categories on Twitch are watched by like hundreds of thousands of people like every day. And obviously that's, that buoys a lot of these games with like a massive surge of popularity. Um, so I, I kind of was thinking immediately that it's a really, really good thing for the industry. Uh, for those specific reasons, but I think you guys had some negative side effects on that. So I wanted to touch on that because that's an interesting perspective. So who wants to lead off on that? I don't think I really have negative. I mean, I, I think I kind of agree with you. Like the only thing I think of it is promotion, 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 like marketing. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's all I pretty much see it as for the most part, because it's like you have influencers, you have people who uh, are partnered with like you know, Twitch or different brands and whatnot. Like they get paid to play certain games, paid to say certain things. There's giveaways, sweepstakes, all that stuff, like Twitch drops. Like I, I just see it as one 
giant marketing promotion for companies. Yeah. And um, I mean, I mean, that's that's it pretty much. I mean, I guess in some ways, there's other ways where it can be beneficial. Maybe like if you have like a big name celebrity and their names attached to like a dying game or something, and it might bring more players back into it and, you know, and it could turn it around. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, there's, there's pros to it. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know too much negative. I'm very curious two. to hear negative. I have two I can think of. Dan's, Dan's going to be the negative Nancy. Go ahead. Negative Not Nancy. negative on the aspect, like <laughs> to start with the positive side of it. I think it is good in the, re the respect that, a popular content creator can play a small niche game and get that niche game more players. That is a thing. It's going to happen. People are going to watch someone like PewDiePie or Markiplier play this tiny little indie game. They have a damn good time with it, and a bunch of people are going to run over and start buying that game, which is great for that game. The issue that I start to get is when it comes to that content creator making hundreds, if not thousands, if not millions of dollars through their content playing that game but that game developer is still only getting the few maybe thousands of dollars that they make off of sales so it's a weird dichotomy where the content creator is just a person playing that game and they're making buttloads mm -hmm. of money from people you know gift subs donations tips whatever have you whatever version that they have for their particular channel for people to support them. And some of these YouTube make, channels make crazy money. And they're doing it playing a game that other people made who aren't making money from that. Their game might mm -hmm. make more sales, but there's still nothing compared to what that creator is making with that. So, I mean, that's that's an interesting talking point because, I mean, you you could play a game and post the gameplay online without having to worry about any kind of copyright infringements or anything like that. So do you think that there should be like a royalties thing attached to like pushing yeah. content out on a game? I mean, it's tough because obviously the, the studios, the publishers, they want the games being promoted. They want that. That's why they aggressively pursue these partnerships with creators. It's a whole sect of like influencer relations that they have mm. they pursue these relationships we have it here at couch soup we have it here as creators i do it for my personal channel i've received game codes for this like can you play my game on your channel to help share it with people i'm much a small yeah. i'm a really small time creator though it does i'm not making any money off of that but i'm happy to help the independent creators creators when they want me to try to give them anything uh but i mean there's there's a lot of positives to it, and there's a lot. There's a few negatives that um, the the second one I was thinking about earlier when Jake was talking escapes me now. So somebody else talk and see if it comes back to me. So real quick, talking about <laughs> when he was talking about like maybe like royalties or something to the creator, it like it was just making me think of like think of Grand Theft Auto Six, the trailer. Mm -hmm. It got leaked. Think about how much money the person who leaked that made. How much has their fan base? Their, you know, their their Twitter, uh, YouTube, whatever they leaked it on. How much did that grow, and how much did that person profit off of it? Other than Rockstar, it's hard to say because they were probably immediately copyright striked. My next question is, when are they going to jail? Because it's probably going to happen. That guy's getting assassinated. He's not going to see a jail cell. Yeah, he's Rockstar not going to be like, like whoopsie, <laughs> fell off a bridge. So here's another thing I remember. This is another problem I have with this, and it's the fact that a game can live or die based on 
an influencer's perspective and take. Mm-hmm. And it it's huh? killing some games that don't deserve the heat that they get. More recently, my biggest issue comes from um, Immortals. Immortals is a really cool game. It's really fun. I recommend people should try and play it. But it got crushed in like user opinions and reviews because a bunch of influencers are like, oh, this game is bad. The game hadn't been out for like a day and there's a bunch of people bad-mouthing it and saying all these terrible things about the game. And the game's sales tanked. That studio had to do a 40% layoff of their staff. The game's only been out for like three months. But it's a good game and nobody's giving it a chance because they watched XYZ creator play it for five minutes and go, this is dumb. And they all, you know, hundreds of thousands of people went, oh, it must suck, you know. They don't stop for a second to think on their own mm-hmm. or to try it for themselves. And I, I, I think, think that's that. that. <clears throat> I think a lot of that, though, comes from the culture that a lot of companies are starting to make now. Like, you know, get the game out now so that we can fix it later. You know, get the patches and all of that. So every, everybody has this weird thing about being the first one. And like, dude, give me give me a goddamn week. <laughs> Most games are 50 <laughs> hours long. I'm, I'll beat it in four years. Okay. Like, yeah, I, I get first it. Culture, <laughs> like, first, like, that's that's a real problem, too. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. is. I mean, even like, you know, that that's like, as a small content creator, I oftentimes like, I, I don't want to review games because I'm going to have to play the whole thing. And, I take my time with games. I, I like, you know, exploring everything that I can. I like going through every single option, dying and going, oh, that's a, don't I mean, do that. You know? At least I can, I'll, pick, I'll give us a little pat on the back. You don't have to do that with Couch Soup necessarily. No, no. They've been very good about like, you know, like that. That's why a lot of my content, I, li- I like to do, you know, like our first hour. Uh, um, I, I like doing that stuff where we're, we're just doing um small snippets to show like hey if you like this you might like this and but not everybody does that everybody wants to be the first one to be like okay so here's what it means that uh you know that she was really the 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 chick's mom the whole time and like (laughs) i could have you know can you give me like a week please Like, like, like right now, Jujutsu Kaisen—they're—they're they're spoiling everything because whenever, apparently, like they're killing off characters, and now every time I get onto Facebook, it's like, oh, by the way, this character just died. Isn't that really sad? But I haven't watched it yet. Can you I? You talk about how Jake beat Spider-Man Two in two days because he wanted to avoid spoilers. Yeah, there is that? So did I. I mean, yeah, but oh, yeah, half here. Half I was, I was, here. I was actually just about to say, Spider-Man Two. I played like midnight Thursday night when it came out on the twentieth. I started playing it. I played it for, I like literally played it for nineteen hours straight that day, and then went to bed the next day, finished it, and I didn't touch social media for that whole Friday, that whole Saturday, and I went onto social media on Saturday as soon as I finished it. And the first thing I saw mm-hmm. when I opened up YouTube was a scene that spoiled the ending. And that's that's like the bad side of content creation in gaming, where it's like it's like, hey, this brand new game that released seven seconds ago, here's the the ending scene, and we're gonna spoil it for you. That's that happens for movies as well. The fact that like we're talking about Sonic the Hedgehog two, the fact that uh, Shadow appears in the post credit scene. Uh, sorry, spoilers for that. If you haven't seen, you should stuck around for the post credit scene. Shit, I just ruined everyone's (laughs) night. Um. 
No, but that that was rude. That was spoiled because I was like, I think I was literally sitting outside the theater, ready to go into the movie, and I was like scrolling oh. through YouTube, and I saw mm. it. It said Sonic post credit scene, and I like quickly looked away, but I had the quickest little glance of Shadow's boot, like his shoes yeah. that he wears, and I was like, I don't know exactly what that is, and I just I was shattered because I was like, I wanted that if that effect of like seeing it in the post credits oh it's a war so when gaming content creators do that like there should be an embargo on like anything past the first six hours of a game you can't post for like a technically week there usually is but most people just say that i'm gonna do whatever i There's want content creators that get games like four days before release and they release like every mm-hmm. part of it before the game even comes out oh my god you're gonna be shitting yourself when you see, you know, what happens at the end when this guy dies. Like, and you get the, uh, the YouTube the thumbnail face, too. Yeah. And it's like, dude, that game hasn't come out yet. <laughs> I don't know. That made me so angry because I had Infinity War, Avengers Infinity War, spoiled to me. As people were walking out of the theaters, there was one idiot who comes out and he's like, I can't believe. I'm just like, I'm going to pretend I didn't hear Straight, that. Like, deck that it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't the main spoiler for people who haven't seen the film. I mean, I'm going to be generous. For people who haven't seen the film, it wasn't the main ending spoiler. It was like the halfway, the, the cliff. Um, Yeah, that was spoiled for me. Um, But talking about like how games like make or break like a community, um, content creators can make or break a game. I know I gave this game a little bit of crap a few weeks ago on the Spider-Man episode. I, I threw the Gollum game. We can replay that clip if we need to. <laughs> From such a great game. Because we don't want this. Redacted. How dare you. <laughs> that clip. Um, oh, there we are. Hi. I played through it recently. I opened it up, made sure the disc was okay after I, after I threw it. Um, I agree, but don't agree. I don't think the game Golem deserves that much hate that I got. I could be in the very low minority here, but it, uh, got, it, it has it, me it, curious it, to try and play it at least it because does, you were like, it's not that quick, bad. Quick impressions for people who are on the fence about it the controls suck 100%. The platforming sucks. I feel like a, a PlayStation 1 game runs better, like has better controls than, than this game. Uh, the story I did not mind. I actually like the story, and I don't know if it helps because I love Lord of the Rings, but I, I, I definitely really did enjoy the story, and I liked where it was fit inside the universe, which kind of makes sense. Um, but I also feel like you know, like content creators and everybody's like bashing it. This is the worst game of all time, and blah blah blah. It's like I think you're taking it a bit too far. I mean, they should play Avatar, the last Airbender that just came out this year. That's a heaping pile of dog shit. I I think the game did deserve some hate, but I don't think it deserved that level of hate that I got. I I would say I got it for $10. Definitely worth it for $10. Maybe, maybe. If you got $20. Let me borrow $20. (laughs) $60, no. That's all I have to say about that. I mean, that. that's that's like that's an interesting point because there's a lot of creators that that jump on the bandwagon and it's just like, oh, everyone's hating this game. Let me just join the and now all their the, followers the now have that mindset. Yeah, they do the exact same yeah. thing. They all have that. But exact I think it, thing. there's there's also like an anti thesis part of that where like people were bashing Gotham Knights when it came out and rightly so because it was bad when it came out. 
But after all the updates, I was thinking about getting it when it was on special, and I watched uh, some gaming content creators make some videos on it. And there was like quite a few videos I watched where they said, hey, listen, the game's actually pretty fun now. Game's actually a pretty solid game. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm, I, I love the concept of Gotham Knights, and I love Batgirl. She's one of my favorite superheroes. I just want to play as Batgirl. I think I played one mission as Nightwing, and the rest of my... 70 hours in the game i think i played with that goal but um i picked up the game and i was like cool let me give this a try and yes i can see where it's technically flawed but i love these, these creators said you know what that's got its problems but it's a super fun game to play and i i love that sort of sincereness of of saying like it's not going to win game of the year but go and play it it's going to be really fun if you like this kind of thing if you like this concept then give it a shot so that's kind of the other side of it as well where bad bad games you know you have content creators that can kind of say well you know what it's still pretty fun give it a shot and i think what jake is saying right now is kind of the exact thing about Gollum. Yeah. go and I play mean, it and if you want refunds jake will reimburse you no i mean <laughs> send it the kelp soup yeah but that, that, that's inherently a lot of the problem with like a lot of what the companies are doing right now they're, they're just making the they're making the game they're getting it out there and then hoping that okay well will make it better retroactively. And I mean, mm. you know, shame on them. Well, I think for it's doing more that. on the publisher than it is on the developer yes. though. It's the publishers that are the ones that are pushing games out. Okay. That's, right. that's, that's exactly right. what I said. I, I wrote an article on Gotham Knights and why it's why it's like really fun and people should give it a try because since it's been updated and patched, it's actually like a pretty stable, fun game to play now. And I think it was released unfinished. And I think it's because WB Games the publishers were like, we have no game in this release this game, window. We need, we need this something game out. for the fiscal year. We need this game yeah. out. So and I think WB Montreal, who are the devs, I think they were like, listen, this game is not finished. Like, we Look at Suicide Squad. Or something. You know, yeah. Like... Have you guys played? Has anyone played like Quick Dangent here? But has anyone <laughs> played the Alpha Test Mm-mm. of Suicide Squad? Dude, it's still really, really, really mid. It's really average. I got to play it and you get to play like a little sequence with each of the four characters and then you get like an endless it's like an endless mode where there's just enemies that spawn so it's like literally 15 minutes of gameplay but it's still really kind of like average it's got potential but we'll have to see when it comes out quick little moment there I'm not actually able to share any of my footage it's like a big NDA that you sign oh wow it says you may not write about this you may not post any of this it's got your username posted all over the screen so I literally couldn't actually do anything about it. Otherwise, I would have. Anyways, moving on from that, unless you guys have anything more to add. I, I potentially could add a lot be more. Be here all night. We'll be here all night. So let's slyly, sleekly move into our next topic, which is totally related to what we're talking about. And that's games that break the fourth wall. Kind of related because watching someone play a game and then they talk to you is kind of like breaking the fourth wall. See what I did there, guys? See what I did? See what I did? I'm sorry. But anyways, talking about games that break the fourth wall. uh, We've got a lot of examples of games that have broken the fourth wall. I mean, the famous examples are something like uh, like Deadpool, uh, which is a big one. I mean, we all know Deadpool, the character, and how fourth wall breaking he is. But uh, there's a lot of like cool fourth wall breaking games. Some of the the ones I wanted to shout out is uh, the Stanley Parable, which I think is maybe more meta than it is fourth wall breaking, but it is a really mind bending fun game to play. Pick it up. I think it's only on Steam. Uh, I don't know but I pick it up. Stanley Parable. Really, 
it's a really fun game. It's got like a bajillion different endings. Um, maybe not that many because bajillion's mm-hmm. not even a real number. But uh, it's got a lot of endings, a lot of cool things you can do with the game. So check it out. The other one, which we are going to be playing tonight on Screen Smash After Hours, quick little plug, is Inscription, which is a it's like a card based roguelike type game, but it's like a like a crazy trip of like fourth wall breaking and meta and like all over the place. It's insane, actually, how much yeah, actually goes into that, that game. game is. It's really crazy. But I wanted to start off before we start mentioning our favorite uh, fourth wall breaking games. I wanted to open it up with this topic and say video games inherently kind of break the fourth wall. Like mm. the entire the entire experiences. And I, I don't think it's a, a concept of like breaking the fourth wall more. It's, I think it's more of like that fourth wall is more transparent. Right. And think about it like this. If you're in an area that you need to get out of, your character, like, let's say there's like a crate and there's a ledge you need to get up, right? And you need to use the crate. Your character is going to say, I think I can use that crate to climb on. You know, so the game is kind of... You, you get know, the internal monologue outside yeah. so yeah. you hear their thoughts. Because like every time I play games and a character has a lot of internal monologue that they're speaking out loud, I'm like, who talks to themselves like this? Dude, it frustrates me. I hate it when they do that. But when, when it's like home? obvious and it's like, I need to find something. No, you do. But it's but these guys say it out loud. That's one of my difference. main thoughts playing Spider-Man. It's like, man, these Spider-Man sure like talking to themselves. Well, that's <laughs> what they do. do that. That's what they do. Like, it I got to get that pigeon Spider-Man before my friend runs away because he needs the pigeon. Spider-Man loves talking. But there's, there's ones where it's literally like, I should use that crate to climb on to get up to that ledge. And it's like, you just you should have like just told me exactly what to do. You pretty much did. You know, I think Uncharted always did it in a nice way where like your mm-hmm. your your characters that are with you kind of say like you'll have Sully like on the other side of the area and he'd be like, Oh Nate, come check this out. Yeah. And go then it's like great. <laughs> he's like, Go pull that yes, check this out. You know, like that's cool because it feels like the two characters are working together rather than like Nathan Drake saying, Hey player, I think we should go over there. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels like a little bit like that's where that fourth wall is that like, kind of transparent. Mm-hmm. You know, it feels kind of like it's acknowledging us without acknowledging us. You know, so what do you what are you guys' opinions on on that and like how inherently games are kind of fourth wall breaking and more immersive? My first thought that popped in my head as soon as you said that games are inherently fourth wall breaking was just HUDs and button presses and like press X to punt. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh okay. You know, like the game is flat out telling you you need to do this thing to do the thing in the game which is breaking the fourth wall to tell you how to do the thing just video game tutorials in general are Mm -hmm. a fourth wall breaking action because the game stopping gameplay to say hey player this is what you need to do to get from here to there got it cool especially when you do that that slow-mo like if you have like a quick time event and it's like somebody's about to hit you and it like stops it's like press b to dodge or to counter (laughs) it's funny you mentioned that because i was playing a new world the other day and the whole intro sequence of new world is exactly that where it's like you walk and it stops you and it's like press e to click on this and you're like okay and you press e and then it's like a guy jumps out and it'll be like and it stops and it's like click the right mouse button to block and you can't do anything else until you do it yeah and it's like the whole sequence plays out like that is this the part where we reference spider-man 3 again for like the third time on i was show? going to get to that especially like the um <laughs> uh, br- <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to die
I was actually going to mention Spider-Man because of the <laughs> tutorial levels in Spider-Man with um ah what's his name Peter Parker Spider-Man no cameo webs Ashley Williams from Evil Dead. Yeah, Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell, Bruce Campbell, give me the tutorial. Oh, Cut that part out. Spider Man 1 and 2. And what's yeah, it, and he's it, like, it, hey, genius, one? press the jump button to yeah. jump. Right. Yeah. I love those tutorials. Okay. So the next thing I want you to do is jump off the building. I mean it, just jump. Hey, I wouldn't tell you to do something dangerous and life threatening, would I? Okay. One, one of the best tutorials when it comes to that <clears throat> Portals 2. Oh my god. Yes. Press, I love portals. Press, portals. Yes. You know, press A to speak and if you jump okay, well, you jump. Oh, not what you were supposed to. <laughs> I love Portal 2's opening. It's so good. That was so good. Was portal it. Two. This is art. Oh. Stare at the art until you feel something. Ding. Ding. Did you feel something? Good. Go back to bed. <laughs> oh my god. It, that that like like when you can mask it into something that just, you know, or like we're kind of talking about it like 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 just go ham man like commit to the bit and then just make it stupid you know i think far cry uh, 3 blood dragon did that really well too oh my god yeah, yeah. he was like i hate tutorial yeah run the tutorial yeah. <laughs> and he runs away <laughs> like oh god now push this button to squat i know how to do this <laughs> that was brilliant that's so brilliant um but then like i think it was something also like like metal gear where they just kind of like 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 it, you're you're in that you're in the zone you're in the zone you're in the zone they're like now press the b button you got sure hold on. Hold on. There's there's always a thing. It's like, hey, there's a ladder. You run up to the ladder, and then it's like, bring, bring. Snake, press the action button to climb the ladder, and you're like, okay, thanks. And then you click on the ladder, and you go up, and then it's like, bring, bring. Like, hi, Colonel. What is it this time? Snake. <laughs> to look in the vent, you have to press the action button, and then you use the joystick to look like this, and then you press the action button again. You're like, great, thanks. I, know. <laughs> like, I, I remember. I remember in Snake Eater. There's a great bit if you get the uh, the infinite gun uh, hey, when you when you talk to the to the to the ballistics guy like he tells you uh, even oh, he's yeah. like wait wait are you saying that the that the gun is actually infinite ammo he's like yeah yeah if you look in the little icon it shows a Mobius that means that it's infinite so you see it's just it's it's self um, feeding and it's yeah. like, what the hell are you talking about <laughs> I love that it can't be stopped it's self sustaining now. I love those little those little tidbits. Like like the rest of it is one hundred percent realistic, but then you get that. I forgot okay. that Snake Eater had a conversation about Godzilla when you talked to paramedic mm -hmm. one of the first times. I'm like, oh, that's right. They have this like super long conversation about Godzilla, and Snake's just like, what is that? And just, paramedic's just like nerding <laughs> out hard about it. I remember I talked about it. I think it was like either last week or at some point. I had a conversation with one of y'all to where playing through the master collection i'm playing metal gear solid one on xbox which it never was on xbox so i'm having the codec conversation with uh with colonel and he's like snake press the x button to do this but like and it said x under the subtitles so i was like yeah. okay cool all right hit x is it and then x or that? And then, exactly and then like right <laughs> after that he goes and hit uh what is it? and hit square to do this but then the subtitles said like a and i was like Hold on. Now, was X actually X or is X this X? Which control? <laughs> like, what is going on? 
I think it was like the steer the missiles or something. I don't know, yeah. but it gave me such anxiety because I was like, what am I doing? I only have a certain amount of bullets. I don't want to blow it up. <laughs> there was a great game <clears throat> uh, way back in the day. I, I, I showed you at least the um, the video that, that I, that one of my favorite YouTube videos ever, which is a dot, dot, dot. Mm. which is somebody reading an angry game review because it was yeah. just a kid you know so like with all the with all the typos this game is so essy it, it's so good it, um and then i actually checked out the game itself back on the, the old Newground site the game is called super press uh, press space bar to win and it's an rpg that it was really well done it was just stick figures but it was really well done where it's like uh you know, Congratulations, new adventurer. Now press spacebar to, to enter the castle. You push spacebar. Good job. And then the guy goes in the castle and he goes, Oh no, you found your first foe. Press spacebar to smack him. Push spacebar. <laughs> and it's like, all right, good job. <laughs> now he's about to attack. Press spacebar to block. And then you push spacebar. It's like, great job. <laughs> so the game is literally you just wait for it to tell you when to press spacebar. But that was the, the joke. And, and it was really well done too. It had great graphics. It was Again, they're all stick figures, but they still did really well. And, you know, there, there's so much that you can do with, with uh, just kind of breaking that barrier. And I don't know. I, 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 I appreciate it. Not all the time. Sometimes it's a little too, you know, on the nose or whatever. Mm. But, man, if you nail it, that's, that's the most memorable part in that game. It's always my favorite part when, a, when a game has fun with the fourth wall break. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm yeah, always like, too. yeah, this is good. <clears throat> it's like... It's like that that thing from I think it was the childhood favorites episode as well that just like blew my mind talking about Metal Gear Solid that freaking fight against the psychic or whatever where you have to take yeah, the yeah, controller yeah. Yeah. out of port one and put it into port two. Yeah, I was like, it's, how does that happen? So again, how? we can we can double back on this because again, I've also been playing Metal Gear One on the Xbox, and I was talking to Jake about this because I got to that fight with Psycho Mantis, and I'm like, I don't have a controller port two how do what, i do, do this do? so i literally because like there was even the question about there's a the, like the in-game secret of like how to call meryl by looking at the back of the cd case but if you don't yeah. have the cd case how do you know how to call her and i was doing the psycho mantis fight and i'm like i don't know what i'm supposed to do i don't know how i'm supposed to beat this and i actually looked online and saw that there's another way to beat psycho mantis that i never knew yeah ever in all my life there's another way to beat him but you have to die three times, and then the colonel tells you, like, huh, so you can't use control of port two? And I'm like, nope. And then he goes, oh, well, why don't you try shooting the statues in the room? And you can shoot the statues, and then it fucks up Psycho Mantis's powers. If you try to do that before they tell you, it doesn't work. What? I was going to ask that. What? It doesn't work. <laughs> But anyways, I was like, this is re-blowing my mind. I messaged Jake too. I was like, I got I got messed up with the controller thing. He's like, oh, there's actually a setting in the game's UI. You can go in and physically in the menu change the controller port for that fight. It's only meant for that fight. The settings in the game. It does nothing else except for that fight. That's the only time you can use the, it. The, the, reason that, the reason that blows my mind so much is because there's games that if you unplug a controller, the PlayStation will rage quit and it'll be like, please that is not allowed. Oh, yeah. And it'll be like, it'll like it just explode. So like that idea of like you take it out and- And Psychomantis like reads your memory card. The game. Like, yeah. And he goes, I can see you've been playing Crash Bandicoot. And it's like, mm -hmm. 
What? No, there's no ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah he that does happens that. really. Oh my yeah. you need I, this is like the how many times game, on I need this podcast we've said Nick play Metal Gear. Play the yeah, we're gonna game. do a screen smash <laughs> special where you play Metal Gear. We're gonna do we absolutely need to this. Awesome. And you said you call Meryl by looking at the back of the case. What's that so about? You have, you have your case, and since the very first Metal Gear Solid game, there's a moment in time you have to find her and she's dressed up like all the other soldiers. And uh so you're like, Oh, I don't know how to tell the difference. I love um, how you just had that case handy. You were just like, this is the case. Literally, <laughs> like, no, like, legit. Like, here's the original <laughs> yeah, Metal Gear. There so there's a point in the game where Colonel says, you have to look at the back of the CD case, and it's like, what CD case? What is CD case? Because you're looking in your inventory. I, I don't have a CD case. It's literally this, like, right there. There's a, That's like, what a he's talking about. And then on the newer one... Is there a out. phone number there or what? Yeah, it's a codec number. This one. <laughs> Yeah, that's it's, right. an actual, you, it's you a frequency, people. and it has it. It's un, in this, it says in the text, it's like Meryl. So it's basically like this is Meryl's phone number. <laughs> that is insane. That's fourth wall breaking. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, to, to just, the max. Just alone, sure Dan and I can just go on forever talking about this is the fourth wall. I was going to talk about Twin Snakes too, because Twin Snakes does more. Imagine, imagine never owning the case. Yeah. Imagine never owning the case because you would rent it. And they didn't give you the case with it. With it. That that was. What do What do you do if you have the digital version? So I think if you buy the digital version, it comes with I think the manual or something. I think it's in there somewhere. It's in the manual, yes. But you have to know to look in the manual to find it. Or if you want to do things the super hard way, you go through every frequency in the game, and just call it. Well, you find <laughs> a lot and doing hope, that, and hope you're near her because you have to be near her when you call her. Mm. Yeah, I need to. I need to get these. I need to play them, and it's gonna be a whole let's play because I need to find these moments because that is like, dude, it's so good. So good. That's crazy. So good. I was gonna shout out I mean, saw, uh, Twin yeah. Snakes too because Twin Snakes is a remake of the original game that came out on GameCube only, and in that game, there's literally moments where Snake looks at the camera and like acknowledges the player, and you're like, don't look at me like that, Snake. Whoa. <laughs> I, I just in that same vein, I have to shout out a fourth wall breaking moment I just thought of now, which is one of the most iconic ever, which is from Tomb Raider 2, mm-hmm. which right at the end of the game, in response to everyone saying, oh, Lara Croft, she's all about her sex appeal or whatever. Like right at the end of the game, she looks to the camera and she says, haven't you seen enough? And then whips out a shotgun and. Don't you think you've seen enough? It's so good. It's a great commentary on her character and how she's a lot more than just being super sexual. I mean, that times it was just polygons. It was just like... Yeah, just the pointy boobs. <laughs> but they are remaking or remastering mm-hmm. the first three games. I'm so excited. It comes out in January. February. It comes out on her birthday. February oh, cool. 14th. Valentine's Day. A little piece of trivia for you. Lara Croft's birthday? Valentine's Day. Interesting. There you go. I know, you know. it. Hopefully they the more you know. Are there any other fourth wall breaks that you guys know of? Because oh, you guys yeah. have got the craziest ones. I need more. Games. Like, like I said, I don't know. Like I was talking to Dan beforehand. I was like, your game of Metal Gear Solid was literally what I was going to talk about too. I was like, there's so many fourth wall breaks in that game. Like in the series, the entire series. There was the Hind fight in Metal Gear Solid 1 where it's like, Snake, you can't see him. So you need to you need to hear you fight the helicopter behind it's like, uh, it's like you need to use your ears to listen for where it's going to be because it's going to pop out from under the building and you got to find it. 
and it's like use your stereo tv uh to listen for him and then it's like if you call him or something i can't remember uh and it's like huh snake you're not using a stereo tv and then uh it's a oh i have it like right here i have the whole like conversation it was just like oh snake don't worry about it there's more to being a good person than having a stereo television <laughs> dude there's so many dude, funny what stuff. are these games i love it so much and then there's, you had a, go ahead that's like metal gear solid 2 the sequence yes. when you're as riding running around naked yes. and there's the sequence where the colonel is calling you but he's a computer program and he's glitching yeah. And he starts saying the most random shit in one of the lines. I will never forget till the day I die. He calls you and he's like, don't you have anything better to do than play a video game on a Saturday afternoon? And I'm just like, right? <laughs> Dude, that was creepy as a kid. That one, that one hurt. That he's one like, right, turn the game off now. And I was like, yeah. 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 yeah that what? one. Too. Those, those like, turn the game say. off. And then you had like Rose chip uh, chiming in and she was just like, oh, you turned uh, your heart. You ruined your eyes sitting that close to the TV. And like, I'm a person who plays a game like, this close to the TV at all times always has been, and I was just like, "This is creepy." Like, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, one one of the most creative. I never actually played it, but I know a good amount about it. I believe is Eternal Darkness. Mm, I can tell you all about say? Eternal Darkness. That's the, that's the one with the psych meter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is so, that the one with the like the, the head that floats around and like the limbs explode. That's yeah, yeah, that's part of it. But but like like you know like the TV turning off mm-hmm. and then turning yes, right back we're on. We're talking about this in the Halloween. Well, Psycho Mantis yeah, yeah. did that with a TV turn off thing. It would do hideo. You're like yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah yeah yeah. The Metal Gear still always. Um, but like yeah, but I I that I always appreciate and that is scarier than all hell when you really think about it. Like having a game really kind of mess with you. Like it shows like the volume meter going down and like you're just losing. Oh man. Mm-hmm. Like that that, that goes like, beyond that's not normally wall. what that looks like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That goes beyond like fourth wall breaking at this point. That that is just that's just good mechanics. That that's somebody knowing how to utilize um mm. everything at their disposal to to mess with the player like you can get so creative with it you can you can do so much with it that it's boring to just have somebody go and then <laughs> move on <laughs> and so you know like um <clears throat> i don't know I, I have i have a lot of appreciation and a lot of respect for developers that do that kind of stuff like now there's some games I can't remember which one it is. Uh, I know we were talking about it before that there's a uh, like you have like a like a, a camera, and you have to take shots at, in certain areas, and then you can use the pictures to like make platforms yeah. to get to where you're supposed to go. Uh, yeah. That itself is its own fourth wall break, you know. Um, they're 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 man. Yeah, yeah, but but what I'm getting at is that like there's so much more that you can do than just a nod and a wink to like, hey player, we're watching you. <laughs> like, come on, man, like do something with it. Make 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 it make it worth our while. Wow us. Do something that nobody's ever seen before. Like, I don't know. And 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 the the biggest place that I can see that coming from is uh you know um, indie developers they're the ones who really really have to think outside the box because they have to wow you with this and this is all that they're going to get yeah so you know i think that those are the developers that we always need to listen to i mean even portal itself was you know kind of like a concept it was just some 
um, students that were like, oh, this sounds pretty cool. Like, hey, look what happens when we have this glitch. And then it turned into one of the best video games ever made and one of the funniest, yeah. too. My God, it's so good. It's brilliant. <laughs> oh, Portal is the Into the Spider-Verse of video games. There, I said it. <sighs> Did you know that Portal 2 is getting a fan-made official add-on? Really? Yeah, it's like a 10-hour expansion. Yeah, I, Portal I, 2. I saw something about that. Yeah. I saw one That's... that adds adds a third uh, a third color. It's purple. I have it, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, but there's a new add-on coming to Portal 2. When when am I getting Portal VR version? I want to throw up. Portal 3. Uh, If you get a Steam Deck... Portal 3 and Half-Life 3. (laughs) Steam Deck has a game that's specific to the Steam Deck that's kind of like in the Portal universe. I I think it's called Desk Job. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the one where, where you have to like like it's like a sim almost, and you have yeah. to like make the things work out. Yeah, I haven't played that one, but I heard it's really good. It's pretty good. It's only like an hour long, but it's super fun, and it's got like the portal style of writing. Yeah. Hey, Gabe. Gabe, <laughs> how about instead of giving us you know point five, point seven, point zero 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 nine versions, just give us three. God damn it. Or just okay, just make more. Please. Don't worry about numbers. <laughs> Gabe, we we need the three, the trilogy, the trilogy of of three, from from Gabe. Give us Half Life Three, Portal Three, and Left 4 Dead Three. That's what we, we have. Half Life Two, Ooh, Part One, Half Life Two, Part Two. Yes. The fourth ball, and, it, and it finished on a cliffhanger. Ugh. And it finished on a cliffhanger. Anyways, anyways, mm. <laughs> I get it. Keep them wanting. I wanted enough. Suck it. Well, I think that's uh, going to just about wrap us up, unless you guys have anything more you'd like to add. Did we say Deadpool? Well, yeah, we, we, we mentioned Deadpool right at the Deadpool. beginning, but if there's anything oh, yeah. specific you want to reference there. Not really. Just uh, just, just Deadpool. <laughs> and, how awesome, and how awesome Nolan is at playing Deadpool. Yeah, well, yeah. Shut that <laughs> People tell me we sound alike. Yeah, well, fuck you, Nolan. But I want I want to point out one thing about Deadpool that I don't think enough people talk about, and that's how perfectly uh, it is that like like you don't know what is actually happening. I have mm-hmm. actively tried to understand what the real story is behind everything, and he goes so it's far nuts. out of his way to not like listen to anything. You get so close. So now we have to find out. Ah, oh, and then he's like, look at that thing over there. The best like, part was when he calls so much chaos and stuff and he goes through that door. And then it's just like, it's an old school like video game. Graphics are like super terrible. He's like, what is this? Like, the budget. You ruined the budget. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, hold on, let me make a phone call real quick. He starts like talking. He like reopens the door or something. Yeah, it, like, it was all the soldiers in like T poses and yeah. all the yeah, all the graphics. Um, thing, like yeah, yeah, it was a completely the best broken. One, I love though the beginning when he's just like ah, he's like talking to like the Nolan or whatever. He's just like ah, f you Nolan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that Nolan. Click. And then when he when he has the bookshelf and he tries to look at the books, but it's just it's just a piece of art. He's like, yeah, I guess that they gave this to the uh, to the art student. All right. <laughs> That's so good. Very very good game as well. That's an absolute classic to play, man. 
Well, that's going about just about that's just about going to wrap it up for this uh, episode of Screen Smash. Thank you guys so much for joining us and watching this episode. Thank you guys for being Godzilla on it. Week. Dan, thank you so much. We we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. Dan, thank you so much. Uh, Louis, thanks for being here. Jake, thanks for being here. Uh, this has been Screen Smash. Uh, as you said, you can find us on Twitch Monday nights, 8 p.m. Central, Fridays at 2 p.m. Central for the edited version. It is Godzilla Week here at Carstoop as well. We're celebrating all things Godzilla. We've got a whole bunch of articles, a whole bunch of podcast episodes. There's a lot of stuff coming out that uh, we're going to be celebrating the big kaiju uh godzilla so make sure you stick around for all the cool Boy. godzilla stuff and stick around for all the other cool amazing stuff we do here at Cast we write lots of cool articles lots of cool videos lots of cool podcasts like this so make sure you keep it locked in right here make sure you like this video subscribe to our youtube channel head on over to couchshoot.com where you can find all of this juicy goodness and become a member today for some cool exclusive perks we're going to be revamping the memberships very soon and there's going to be a whole bunch of brand new cool stuff so make sure you go on there and check it all out. But thank you guys for joining us for this week's episode of Screen Smash. Guys, thank you. And let's figure out a cool way to break the fourth wall and don't, say goodbye. Don't, don't forget to look on the back of a case for Merrill's codec number. <laughs> what was that noise? What was that noise? There's <laughs> something behind you. Press the X to say hi. Here. Press the action button to do the action. <laughs> Press space bar to win. Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts.